0: Welcome back to the X Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Trish of the Dish, and this is our last interview of season one. Uh, I will have one more episode after this to uh, close out season one, and I'm going to do it solo, and uh, um, I hope you join me. I'm going to kind of deconstruct the season, my mission for even starting the podcast, and thank all of you and do a, a bunch of other thank yous. Um, because man, what a journey it has been the last 10 months. I mean, I've been involved with so many projects and, um, made so many connections and, um, just, I don't know. It, it's, it's gonna be, a, a really fun episode to put together. Um, and so I hope you'll, I hope you'll join me for one last episode next week. So the, the other thing I wanna tell you guys about is, Nay, the um, genius um, Nay and Blizz, who were on the podcast a few episodes back, Synth Pop and Sugar Pumps, um, they're doing another Saturday on this Saturday, May 22nd, 6 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube. So make sure either you go to naymusic.com for more information on the link or and or follow them on Facebook at Name Music. That's N A E music. And definitely follow them on Instagram. Um, that's Nay Pop on Instagram. And go ahead and, 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 and join the show. Put in the comments that you heard them on the Gen X voice podcast. I'll be there. I'm a huge fan. Um, if you've listened to that episode, you know how much I respect the art and, um, time that they put into putting these shows together. They're such a fun. And I'm telling you, it is worth it. Visual, grab the kids. Um, it is such a fun. Um, and, and if you are a kid, man, you're going to love it. And if you are a middle-aged kid like me, oh my God, you are going to love it. It's so worth it. So make sure you check that out this Saturday. Okay. So, um, as far as. This episode. Uh, okay, so you might remember Ray from um, when we did uh, Raven in the 90s live uh, with our other crew members. Um, but, you know, Ray and I kind of, I'm, I'm so happy to have him solo. We we sit down and, and really talk about, um, you know, his experience as a um, biracial um, young man in the um, 80s and 90s. Moving all over the place, coming from a pretty um, non-traditional family, um, how he discovered music, um, and you know, I'm not going to tell you um, his racial identity. um, You know, I want you to listen to the podcast and hear it from him um, because it's pretty, um, it's it's pretty unique, and I'm really grateful that he he. He trusted me to share his story and I really hope you enjoy it and gives you a little um, little insight into, um, you know, being a DJ and just his creative process. And um, yeah, he's one of my one of my besties. Um, and if you want to pre-funk before Saturday, uh, Ray does do a DJ night on Twitch um, called um, Shadow Time. And that's 8 p.m. Mountain Time, um, which is 7 p.m. Pacific. Um, so we talk about that. I'll drop a link for um, his Twitch handle. So you have plenty of fun stuff to do this weekend um, and uh, every Friday because uh, Ray DJs every Friday. So anyway, um, enjoy the show.
1: Hi, Ray. Hi, Trish.
0: How's it going today?
1: Oh, man, such an interesting day. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But yeah, it's going well. Well, I'm
0: gonna tell you about interesting days. Um, I went outside to let my dog out um, between the last interview I did and yours. And it was raining. And I was like deer in headlights because I didn't really know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, what what is it like it even took a minute to register that like it was wet and like drops were happening. Like I was just kind of Eh? Are you guys getting rain in New Mexico right now?
1: Yeah, like it's, it's. I've kind of figured it out. Like if it's usually if it's raining in Phoenix, that means like we're getting some kind of weather up in northern New Mexico, yeah, ish. You know. I mean, comparable to how it used to be when we lived in Flag, you know, because it's about the same elevation. Not but it, always, always, not always. it always
0: seems like like I heard it was going to rain in Flag today and I was like, oh, that must be nice. Like, I didn't expect it to rain here.
1: Yeah, it's like it's kind of weird. I like um, like I said, not, not that's not always the case. But usually when it's like a massive snowstorm, I mean, it kind of rains in Phoenix, at least that, that's what I've, you know
0: yeah Um, that's true but like today
1: or like yesterday and today it's kind of snowed kind of hailed, kind of rained and then the sun comes out and then it was like freezing last night and then now it's you know and so it's it sucks because it's like um we have some friends my parents have some friends who are visiting and they brought their they're dogs, and then our dogs, you know, they, they're all homies. But it's just a mud bath right now, and so that's what <laughs> I mean must by be interesting. So much fun. Yeah, it's just crazy, <laughs> and like you know, so we we all have to figure out like, all right, like if you're gonna let the dogs in. Like who's going to clean them up? And it's kind of like that kind of thing. Um, and then I was like, everyone like,
0: touches their nose and the last one who touches it or well, it's, it's, one, it's, two, three it. not it. Well, like for,
1: for example, like it's been, you know, like when it was starting when spring was really starting to happen and the snow was starting to melt. I mean, like every day that I was like, you know, I would go on this big walk with my dog Juno. And then when we came home, I'd wipe her paws off and she like knew it. Like she like was cool with it. You know, it's like, if she knew that she couldn't go in unless this happened, but now that there's all these other dogs. Like, forget about it. Like, they're not even trying. Like, you know what I mean? It's just too much. Oh, respect. it's anarchy. Yeah, it's just anarchy. It's that
0: pack mentality, <laughs> right? They're like,
1: "Oh, we're in this. We're not really with you, dude." I mean, I guess you can <laughs> you can feed us, but like, that's about it at this point. Throw a this ball. Is the, throw a ball. This is the
0: four leg club right now.
1: Yeah. And, and so when I realized that, I was like, "Dude, I'm not even trying to let you guys in now. Like, you guys have to stay." I'm sorry, it's cold. You can hang on the garage, but that's like, I can't let you. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> isn't it funny how like one dog is like so easy and like manageable two dogs is like wow this is like a lot of animal yeah more than two is like dude this is a goddamn zoo Yeah, (laughs) or the jungle
1: (laughs) it's crazy it's really and then you just see like all these elements of their personality come out that were sort of it's like they just are keeping this from you this whole time you know (gasps) secrets dog secrets they're like Yeah, I know that you thought I was cool, but I'm really into like really into butt sniffing. Like you didn't know that. But like (laughs) like my shit, right? And I'm just like, damn, I thought you were way cooler than this. I guess not. It's just like (laughs) I thought you were way cooler than this, but
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, Ray, I just want to thank you so, so much for being um solo on the podcast. Um listeners, you might recognize Ray love in the motherfucking house from (laughs) our Raven in the nineties live stream that we did a few weeks ago um, by the time this airs. Um, But I have been wanting Ray to be on the podcast for so long, but he's such a busy human and there's, there's so much going on in our lives. um, And, you know, Ray, I'm just, we finally did it. So Ray, can you just remind the listeners what okay. year you were born? Actually, oh. I don't even know if you said this in the live stream, what year you were born okay. and what I, and what generation you most identify with.
1: Oh, okay. Um, well, I was born in 1977. Um, and the funny thing is, I was thinking of this today, I always, or, you know, I identify with Gen X, but we didn't really, first of all, we didn't really know what that was, or i never really heard about it that much until I was in high school. Um, like, I don't really know if it was like completely identified as a generation until I was, you know, I feel like like that show, the real world was like the first time I ever really heard that there was even that I was even part of that. I always thought I was much younger than Gen X, like, or like, you know what I mean? Like when I was like 16, I thought that the real Gen Xers were like 24 or 20. And I guess they kind of were, but I didn't even know that I was really included in it. But the way that I saw it, I just felt like, you know, I always like long to be older, which I feel like kids aren't that way anymore. You know? Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Like I just thought that I I really wanted to be I could like you'd watch. you know, like we all watch those Johnny Hughes films and it's like Mm -hmm. I was probably like eleven maybe when I saw Breakfast Club and I was just Right, and they were already in high school. They were already in high school. I remember being like, oh, I can't wait to go. And like, I was just ready for it. But it'd be
0: cool like those guys. Yeah. And that's why I always bring up on this podcast that, um, you know, first of all, I was born – In December of 75, basically 1976, I wasn't allowed to go to school with my um, 75 year old um, classmates because I was born so late. So I didn't turn five in September. So I went to school with everyone that was your age and I identify with everyone who is you know, and, and that group is really, you know, the Oregon trail Zenial group. Like we were kids in the eighties, not teens in the eighties and, and teens in the nineties. And then we were, that age when the dot com um, bubble burst. So for for me, I think that you and I definitely sit in that Zennial pocket. Um, but like I joked on the live stream, like, I, I don't know if I'm ready to rebrand everything.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But I whenever I talk to people that are 50 um or 53 i'm like we do have some cult- cultural um spots that we hit on but i mean i was still watching powerpuff girls yeah um, exactly I was but, and he they Man. weren't right, right. he we, we had after school um cartoons in the 80s where they were out smoking cigarettes in their jean jackets and listening to like joy division and we didn't know who that was yeah you know not yeah, not yeah. not at he-man age
1: yeah it's like it's like I. I don't know. And well, the other part too, is like when you, I think, and this is something that I always think about all the time, like as a DJ who, I mean, you know, and I still, I don't, I'm shamelessly nostalgic about it now, but it's like whenever I would think about like those movies, like Breakfast Club or Pretty in Pink or those characters in those movies, um, I'd be like, Oh wow. It must've just been just like that. Like all these kids were really into like the Smiths and you know, whatever. And it's like, really when you talk to kids older than us, you get the feeling that it really wasn't like that. Like they were like the few kids who liked talking heads and REM and stuff. Like they were considered freaks. Can you imagine being thought of as a freak because you like talking heads? Like it's, Unimaginable. Right. It's unimaginable. Yeah, now, like back then, REM.
0: Like we're yeah. we're talking about the beginning of the college radio station, and yeah. like most people, um, in the '80s, were in the hair bands and metal yeah, or, and things or like, like that, or like John
1: Mellencamp or whatever, like right? right. Back then. yeah. So like, right? Like it, you know, and like another thing that I forget too, and this is something that uh I'm reminded is like even myself, like. A lot of us didn't have, like, I lived in, you know, I grew up in Alaska as a kid, and I remember for my birthday, I got a gift certificate to, like, the I think what we had at the nearest mall was a Sam Goody, I believe. Yeah. And so I had, like, a little gift certificate, and and even then, like, cassettes were still about eight bucks, maybe, maybe nine bucks, and I think I got, like, a $50 gift certificate, and I was able to get, like, you know, four tapes out of that. (laughs) Right, right. And I just listened to those tapes all the time. And it's like, that's just kind of what you did all summer. You like you had your four tapes, and then your friend had his four tapes, and your sister had like two tapes, right? Like, and so that's kind of like what you knew for a long time until at some point you figured out how to get music a different way. But it's like now. Well, and what
0: was cool like, was that if yeah. you had the friend that had um, a tape recorder, I'm not even talking about a double deck <laughs> boom box. I'm talking about the one with the handle
1: yeah. and the
0: big buttons. Like once we figured out how to um, rig oh, it I'm so we could record yeah. that onto some onto another tape deck, you know, like because a lot of us didn't have double deck uh, t- you know boom boxes or ghetto blasters back in the day, like that was for rich kids, like most yeah. of us kids that really didn't grow up with money we were try- we were rigging everything. It's like how do I um, <laughs> to get music from holding the pause button while the d j does his thing and you know yeah. talks over you know like you know crazy for you on
1: the radio, sure, I mean, and the thing is is like uh like I know exactly what kind of tape recorders you're talking about like kind of like like ye old like journalists kind of yeah. Like- well, at
0: the big square thing that sat on the table and then yeah.
1: like, it was long and the
0: speaker yeah, was exactly. like the huge, was, but yeah, terrible.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like my mom had one of those and I think cause she was in school, she had a, a little microphone. Oh. So you could plug that, that in and I think you got a much better recording that way. But like, I just figured out when I figured out that I could record MTV, it was all over, you know? And so uh, they were just terrible tapes. Just I mean, even though that was as big, be- I had the little. A microphone it was still
0: the recording was terrible primitive
1: as fuck yeah like yeah but yeah, i remember that but i didn't care you know it's like i had i got to listen to girls on film or you know yeah. like i remember i was obsessed with like she blinded me with science you know and like i and and also uh, here's I, I know i'm just kind of randomly talking about mcb but i remember that's like, not
0: random that's our that's our okay. cultural <laughs> you know right. gen x point well, culture point especially
1: for us kids in the 80s well okay i guess i'm gonna say this there are some things that i remember exactly the year that it came out like movies for example like i i can tell you most movies i'm like goonies 1985 you know back to the future 1985 or like i know that like the last crusade came out in like 89 or i believe so but like i don't always remember exactly when when at least then like i mentioned like you know, the safety dance, or she blinded me with science. Like, that's all jumbled in my memory, though. Like, I don't remember if I was like six, or if I was nine, you know, wow. or like, like, there's some things like I remember, like, Cyndi Lauper, 84, Purple Rain, 84. But like, I can't even tell you when I first heard, like, I was trying to think of this the other day, like, I mentioned that thing about the cure, how I remember, like, hearing disintegration, like, I remember, I was like, 11 or 12 years old. But I know that I've heard The Cure before because I was just like, this is bizarre, you know, but I must have been at a skating rink and I was like nine when I really first heard The Cure. I just didn't put it all together until much. What I think
0: is, yeah, of course. Well, I first heard Depeche Mode um, right. when I was like in first or second grade, um, and they had the people are people video, oh, and wow. I was enthralled by them. And then very similar to that was Erasure's Chains of Love, oh, which also still had that same feeling, and it wasn't until um like high school or yeah, high school that I was like, oh man, I loved. Those songs. And yeah. so, therefore, I love these bands. And then I was able to really get deep because, you know, s- suddenly we now had, you know, either cassette tapes were more um, accessible because CDs had come out, so they were cheaper, or something happened. But it seemed like all of a sudden I had all the music that I yeah. wanted. Like it was just so much more accessible, but you know what I love about our connection, Ray. Um, my favorite memory of of meeting a human is you and me, and it was <laughs> you know obviously we met when I was busking. Um, I think either right. I I told Magoz. this story um, uh, in front of Magaz um, in my in my hippie you know hippiness, um, and you and Clove came up um, with Cle and Clayson um, and Janita, but. It was when we went to Denny's right that that my connection with you was fully integrated that night. You and I sat in this booth <laughs> and there's all these other people but you and I just kept throwing out musicians at each other and being like, "Oh yeah, but do you know this band?" "Yeah, but do you know this band?" and it right. was like <laughs> I don't I've never before or since have had that same kind of cultural music connection like i had
1: with yeah i mean it was it was it's funny because it was surprising that that happened and i and like i think that like at the time that we met i was you know i was i was i I think i was kind of searching again for that connection because the thing is the 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 thing is is like i i loved all that music because i had a cool older brother and 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 he didn't really like things like erasure but because he got me turned on to stuff like, again, The Talking Heads and R.E.M. and, like, uh, Midnight Oil and Sweeney O'Connor, I found out, like, oh, well, if I stay up late enough, these kinds of songs come on MTV. And that's, yeah. really, that's really how I – and, like, I know that he didn't really care about Depeche Mode or Erasure, but, like, I – like. I I immediately was like, well, that's cool. I don't care because I like. I immediately was like, this is great pop music, and I I knew that it was like, I guess college, whatever. But that wasn't like I, I that didn't appeal to me as much as just it was great pop music. And I was already very tired of things like Paula Abdul, New Kids and on the TLC Block, TLC, and well, yeah, even. I mean pre all that. I just was already, oh, okay. you know what I mean. I was already like, yeah, like, like I was like ten, eleven, and I think my brain was just like ready. I was like, okay, I I don't, I can't stand Bon Jovi. Like give me something else. Like I just knew that I was ready. I had like a little brief, you know, there was that moment where I loved Guns N' Roses and I loved License Ale by Beastie Boys, and I still do kind of love those. But I was that was it. I was like, kind of out after that. I was like, all right, give me, give me the better, give me whatever's next. And it, yeah,
0: you know. oh, I was gonna say for me, the 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 switch was. I was so tired of the, the lyrics mm. of what was on um, the the sure. pop station in in Yucca Valley Joshua Tree. Like it was just the same the same beats the same lyrics and then someone played kill uncle by morrissey for me (laughs) and i lost my fucking mind right i was like every every song every lyric on that album still to this day i mean you know 30 years later resonates with me on such a deep level
1: i know i was thinking about that too i i actually um you know i was thinking about i have and you know because i always try to imagine like i only have words from songs as tattoos and i'm like I've always i didn't wanted, know that yeah yeah i i've always wanted to have sing your life like somewhere tattooed i still do because i just believe in that concept so much sing your life <sighs> such a great um,
0: great concept for a song
1: yeah and uh, i also there's a lyric i love um uh, and is evil something that you are or just something that you do? So great. Actually that's from a different song. That's from Sister I'm a Poet, but that's the same album, I believe. No, Poet it's or.
0: that's not on that album. But Sister I'm a Poet. That's, yeah, no. but that's
1: that's okay, still
0: <laughs> No, that's okay. It's still his genius songwriting. That's <laughs> how great that. he was. Was that it's not um it's not these like little patches oh. of work. It's a continuation of his no. like poetry that like now I didn't really get him after a while like fox hall and i there's oh, a couple great. tracks i like on that but i that's don't great, know that great. album uh-huh. like i know um you know kill uncle or um, drag. um bone drag oh my god bone drag i the, i don't know anyway we could we could fall down the the morrissey <laughs> rabbit hole but one reason i brought him up and and um was kind of thinking about that is um, I want to kind of put a pin in that because I'm going to come back to that. But the first thing I want to ask you is um, if you would mind sharing with the audience, um, your cultural identifiers.
1: Oh, Oh, okay. Um, okay, sure. Um, see, um, I'll just break it. I, I, it's easier for me to break it down. Like my parents, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, like my mom is Danae, and, um, she, uh, to the listeners out there, that means she's Navajo. Um, but a lot of Navajo don't really like to be called that. They like to be called Diné. Because that's
0: the like white it. man's word for them.
1: Yeah. Um, and it just means the people. It's just kind of I – like, I like the um, – but then my father, his side, he is um, – my grandfather is Filipino. He's also part Alaskan native as well, which I always forget. And then my grandmother is um, – she's white. Uh, like my grandmother has like blonde hair and blue eyes, which I am not. You wouldn't even think that, but you know, such as such as how it is. So they, my mom and my real dad met uh, in the '70s. He was a journalist working for the University of Washington, and my mom was working a summer job driving uh, workers from Washington to Alaska. They were working on the Alaska pipeline. So oh. somewhere along the so it's just I I mean I say that because it's just so random. It's just, right. Like my mom's from the Southwest. I don't even know what she was doing, but um, so such as the kind of, I feel like that's my origin story is like cultural displacement at the gate, random cultural displacement. And I've kind of thrived. I feel like some ways I've thrived off of that, um, you know, the disparity or the dichotomy of, the, of that, of those two worlds kind of colliding, spawned me probably, you know, more ways than one is what I'm trying to say.
0: Well, yeah, because you weren't, um, because of your sort of melting pot, cultural background of your family you weren't forced to identify with one singular cultural identity
1: well what i've learned talking to my mom is that and i'm um, i i do not want to speak for her but at the time i think she was kind of ready i think that in her family in her life she was going through a lot of personal familial sort of you know we'll just call them small town tragedy and so she wanted to she wanted something else and so when she had me she decided like she wanted a different kind of life you know so she like remarried and my stepdad you know he, like basically like irish and scottish um but he was really into like irish music and shit so and classical music and uh, he just had completely different interests but for some reason they got along really well and so like i grew up like so growing up i I feel like i grew up with you know two like and the other thing too about my stepdad was the, the bay area so like he went to school at berkeley during you know the late 60s and the early 70s oh wow so I feel like i feel like that has something to do with, he was like a true baby boomer you know like he was he knew Jerry Garcia, saw Jer- Jefferson Airplane. Like know. a true hippie boomer. Yeah, yeah. Like, he wasn't like, full on, you know, like, he was a real, I think he was kind of just like, he, he was having a good time in that that time period, but you know, you there's no pictures of him wearing ridiculous you know like, like french
0: vests yeah fringe like, leather, leather vests and bandanas I, are...
1: yeah yeah not that i've seen it's yet, freedom
0: but... rock man
1: <laughs> yeah i have i mean those they they might be out there i mean maybe i just haven't seen them but you know he was always a true original i think that's something that i also kind of got from from i mean they both are both my mom and my my stepdad i'd say and my real dad you know i I, again, I find it funny that I have to include them all the time, both at the same time, but I, I feel like one of them listens to this, I should let them know that, yeah, I consider them all very much like very original, and I think that was kind of cool at the time that you could just sort of drop everything and start your, a whole new life over, whereas it seems to me that it's gotten in some ways harder to do that. I mean, I could be wrong, but our family did that a lot. Like, we moved a lot. I went to uh, 13 schools before I graduated from high school. So we moved a bunch, and um, that was just kind of how we were and at some point. You know, I, I mean, it's just definitely affected the rest of my life. I feel like it's, it's very hard for me to, like, stick around. Um, I'm always feeling like I'm on the go and yeah. it's directly related to my childhood and my upbringing. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm I have talked uh, a lot on this podcast about my own bohemian lifestyle and I too went to 12 different schools in oh, yeah. 12 different years of um K-12. 6 of them uh sorry, 4 of them being in 4th grade. I always um, love sure. how that um how that worked out, but that whole idea of um, you know, a reset um I, I, um, I don't, I don't remember hating it or loving it as a child. Mm. Um, I did, I did, you know, I've I've talked about how I've, I was bullied pretty badly, um, and, and things like that. But, um, as an adult, like, uh, my, my soul would like literally ache to leave a place. Like when I left Flagstaff, like for good, it was like, my soul could not stand being there a minute longer. Oh, wow. But um, what I was going to say, though, to go back to, um, you know, the adult stuff, like, um, oh no, actually, I want to go back to this. The reason why I asked you is because I listened to a podcast recently and it was um, these Asian Gen Xers that were saying that Morrissey and The Cure um, and that sort of music genre really spoke to um the asian population um in los angeles and a certain you know in that in that in the 90s um do you consider do you consider yourself in that pocket or are you pretty much far enough away from that sort of asian identity um being filipino heritage just and again not a lot of filipino heritage but i just wonder what you think about that thought
1: I I don't to be honest, I am still grappling with the fact that I'm part Asian. I forget all the time because I just didn't have I didn't grow up with a lot of Asian kids. I didn't really know that and then I just didn't really I, I didn't really grow up with Filipino kids. They just weren't around in the southwest, at least where I lived or where I you know. Um I had to grapple with the fact that I was native because I didn't grow up with them either. So i it's just been a common thing in my life um of me like not thinking that i was one or the other or or even a third party and not knowing anyone who was my racial mix up um like at all (laughs) you know like i didn't know anyone and it's interesting now because i have met now i have actually met a couple people who are like like half whatever tribe and half asian whatever you know um like, I think I met a kid who was Filipino and like half Sioux or something. And I was like, wow, I finally met someone even like kind of close to, to, but I just never really thought of it in terms of I'm, um, you know, I'm only this amount or this amount. I've always felt like in my heart, what did I really feel? And I just always felt like an outsider. And, um, so I think, I think when you think like that, you know, you're, you are looking for, um, some kind of outside identity, but I I really think that you have your own aesthetics but, and it has something to do outside of the realm of your racial heritage. I think that if you think Morrissey is funny and interesting and like, and you like the sound of Johnny Mars guitar, I don't know. If, I really don't know how much that has to do with like, um, you know, your racial heritage, but I, I often think that like getting into punk rock and stuff like that to be more broad definitely was because I felt, like an outs like i knew that i was like this like i have to be part of this community it was more it was more about a community with that you know and then getting into raves and stuff was an extenuation of still feeling like an outsider but wanting to be a part of something fun and dangerous and interesting and, and
0: also and in, in those and those two scenarios there's such a more welcoming group of people because they're all against the grain as well and all feel their own isolation in this sort of cookie cutter, um, yeah. you know, sort of um, Edward Scissorhands kind of neighborhood way. You know, like uh, it, it's it, uh, it's always interesting to me to see how many suburb, white suburban kids gravitate toward um, punk and and raves or at least back in the olden days or um, you know the DIY you know indie music scene yeah. um, because it's not because they even though they are you know white maybe middle income suburban America something in their soul says there's something more to life and this is not the identity that I feel yeah. in my heart
1: yeah like I think it's just kind of easy to lump it in to like, Oh, you're an immigrant. So you're angry or whatever, or, Oh, you're gay. And so you have to like, you know, I just don't know if that always is true from, for, from my experience, but Mm -hmm. I will say this, like, it's like if you're in school and you hate school and you get bullied all the time and and then you go home and you're supposed to act a certain way, like, of course you're going to end up being like, well, fuck this. I'm going to find out what's really going on. Like I just feel like the, the adventurous part of people is just like, I, you know, I know there's something else out there for me to do and, and you'll figure out what it is. Like maybe it's joining the football team. Maybe it's, you know, joining like a, a, a you know, a band situation. Maybe it's like learning guitar. And I think like, it took me a while, but for me it was, yeah, it was like, like as soon as I found punk rock and then I realized that it could be whatever I wanted it to be, that really like freed me to just kind of like I knew that I could be angry, but really I wasn't just being angry. I was just being free. And I think there's a a difference there between, you know, being like pissed. And you can be pissed. That can be your motivation. But really, people don't get part. I don't think they belong to subcultures because they're angry. I think they get part of it because it's fun. And that's what's different than, say, what I do rather than like I'm like I, you know, politics come into play with everything. But I never was that big on like. Like, I'm just not, I, I fully support, you know, all of my brothers and sisters out there making a difference, you know, but I'm not the first guy to, like, make a big placard. And, you know, I, I'm just not so that. Protest. Yeah, like, I, I love it. And I have done protests. But like, I often think, like, someone else is more deeply caring about that or. I don't know. I mean, I'm that maybe that's a detriment to my personality or something. But for me, I just have always <laughs> been looking for more fun things and you know, like, I I don't know what I could say to people. And they're like, oh, Ray, what does it feel like to be mixed race and blah, blah. It's like, I don't know. I got used to it. How, can I say that? Like, I just got used to people being like, so what are you? And rather than being pissed about it, I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm my heritage or my nationality. I just be like, I'm an American, you know? And then people yeah. just shut the fuck up when you say that because they're just like, oh, okay. And then that's all I really want. I don't want to get into a full-on discussion about racism and all that because I just – I don't know. I just don't know if that's really what – how I'm best using my energy these days. So that's,
0: well, what about friends like me who <laughs> – to be really honest, right? I yeah. never yeah. even knew that you were Filipino in Diné. Yeah, and,
1: wow. and, and,
0: until Until just – the last year or so, it, it's come up in conversations you and I have had um, because of the, you know, the megaphone of race um, and equality in our country. What do you think about people like me that don't that don't ask you that stuff? It, obviously, I asked you for the podcast and for our right. listeners, sure. but we've known each other for, you know, 26 years, and I never asked you about that. What do you think about that? Would, was that like... Did you find that I was disrespectful because I didn't ask you about your heritage or is it kind of like you appreciate that? Like, what is that like for you?
1: Well, again, like I said, you know, it's like I, uh, I like, I I don't know what I, I don't know if this is like a common thing with kids who are like mixed like me, like mixed race. But it's funny. It's like you don't quite know. It's either like you're full on. Like I know people who are like, I do know some people who are say like half black, right? And they are like the most intense, like Black Lives Matter, like, you know, racial politics are important. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I'm not trying to be, like, you know, um, too controversial here, but I'm like, I do know that your mom's white, though. So does that, like, is she cool with that? I mean, not that that would be exclusionary to her, but I just think there's more to the story to, to say, like, yeah, I'm part whatever, I'm part Asian, I'm part Native. But I think for me, I, I've always found it to be more important that, like, um, um Like just for me to be say a regular person or to have like a regular job or to like like it's been more important for me to be seen as just like a regular person in some respects than like um, than a
0: racial identity
1: just because I hate it i I don't like it when people are like uh, and i and i you know you always have to check your own racism, but I hate it when I'm like like I'll hang out with a black friend of mine and I'll just like assume that he knows you know about this recent hip-hop thing and i'll be like hey you know why do i have to think that it's just because america you know you just get conditioned to think oh you're mexican so you probably know how to you know you probably love beans and guess what i've met plenty of mexican kids who don't like beans and it's just like it's like funny to me i mean it's i find it my friend boris you know he's like um we talked about that once he's like yeah i hate beans bro I was like, come on, really? You hate? What are your mom's beans? He's like, dude, I don't like them. I've eaten them all my life. I don't want to talk about it. And we just like laugh mm-hmm. about it because we know that it's a challenge to people's stereotypes about how everyone supposed to be because of their racial makeup or whatever. But for me, I don't feel bad about it. I find it more interesting. But I think what it was is I think I was so – I was new all the time, Trish. I was just new mm-hmm. at schools all the time. And sometimes I was the only – fucking the only person of color in that classroom and i had i had a weird name you know my name people had problems pronouncing my name and i got beat up a couple times for just for being like whatever i am right um and i think maybe that had something to do with it of me being like man i just wish i had like a regular name sometimes or i wish i we'd have to move all the time i wish i wasn't the new kid and and it was took much longer to realize like oh i'm also the only person even like having having the same uh racial mix up you know like i don't know mm-hmm. anybody else who has this same kind of um you know like genetic quality or whatever how do you re- put it but even upon saying that um like i'm like again i just want to reiterate that i'm a 100% behind every you know like like i i love what's happening right now and i'm you know i'm pretty vocal when when people want to talk about race or they want to if we want to talk about like um, how you know like everything is centered around white supremacy in this country, rather it's the you know from the cops um and this the police and uh you know we but like blah 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 everyone knows that deep down inside. I don't know if I'm necessarily like the authority of it just because of what I've gone through in my experience, I've found that women and gay people and all kinds of people of color have gone through fucked up shit um and so i don't I'm not offended if someone doesn't recognize that about me, but, um, because I got, pl- I got recognized for it plenty of times in my life. On I, the
0: wrong side. Yeah. yeah, Like just well, like
1: going to a church or going to a, uh, not church, I'm sorry, going to a store, going to like a mall and being, I mean, I've been profiled before. I've been pulled over for no reason. You know, it's like, um, a hundred percent. So Um, Do
0: you think, do you think that being um, into punk and hip hop at an early age has kind of made you be like, yeah, of course there was injustice. Of course um, people, you know, there's white supremacy running
1: through, um, you know, our laws and our law enforcement. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. I mean, I didn't like, like, like I grew up in Alaska as a, as a child, you know, and, but like, it was such a weird environment. Like, uh what city in 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 alaska uh uh, we lived in anchorage and then we lived in um this little town for about like a year it's called port yukon and then uh also fairbanks but so at the time just to answer your question i like i didn't you know i was just a kid i didn't really know anything about any of that stuff but i remember even then thinking wow like the athabaskan people they live in like the shittiest parts of this, even like little old Fairbanks, you know, like realizing that. And I remember asking my mom, like, how come we didn't live like that? And it's not like we had a lot of money, you know, but we were definitely not living as bad as some of the people I saw. It's like some of the kids I knew that we had it when we dropped them off on, their, on my bus stop. So I was already wondering if that had anything to do with it. Um, and then when my, we moved back to the States when I was like in fourth grade, uh, I had to go live on the reservation for a little while um before we moved to Albuquerque and it was just much more it was much more intense. And so over the years I found that um uh, that, you know, first of all I realized that poverty is violence and yeah. and poverty is injustice and directly related to violence. And so all those things, suicide, um drug abuse and deaths because of you know, addiction, domestic
0: drugs, abuse. You know, domestic it's abuse the it's, whole... it's all
1: it's all based on poverty. You know, it really yeah. I mean and then that stems from a kind of superiority idea that you know only certain people should make so much money or should you know you know have a have certain uh,
0: opportunities given to yeah, them
1: and Exactly. So so yeah so like yeah so like i i mean it was brand new. like when I, I i will say this i was much angry when i was a teenager and i first like read the autobiography of Malcolm X and i was listening to like Ice Cube and Public Enemy and shit like that sure um and i was you know, listening to Fugazi and i was listening to you know like um Bad Brains and shit like yeah i mean fuck yeah. Like that music will make you feel like, wow, I'm just waking up to Mm it. But, but again, I was also just at the, around the same time, I was also being eerily seduced by the sweet, sweet house music sounds also emanating from, you know, across the, across the pond, so to speak. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's funny because I was always like ready to rumble like in that sense. But as soon as I got pummeled in the mosh pit, so to speak, like I was like, for example, I was like a terrible skateboard. I wanted to be down so hard. Me and my buddy Eddie, we would be trying to ollie off the steps, you know, every day. Every day. And I'd just be wiping out. And I just sucked, Trish, you know? <laughs> but but I but 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 when I was, you know, fourteen, fifteen, I understood that this could possibly be my cultural identity, I wanted to do it so bad. I liked the music. I liked the clothes. You know, I liked the kids I was hanging out with. I thought they were the funnier kids, the the smarter kids. But I just didn't have that. I, my aptitude was not there. And I wasn't really quite brave enough of it. That's kind of what mm-hmm. I learned. And like, that's a hard thing to learn about yourself that I'm strong enough to be like, stand up for myself in one area, but I'm not quite brave enough to even attempt to like make this piece of like, you know, wood go down these perfectly, you know, like banisters, these perfectly oh, fine banisters. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even like, I just couldn't even make my brain decide to do that. And that's Same. Kind of, but, but like the thing was, was like, so, but, but by knowing those skater people, knowing those skater kids, I was like, Well, I don't really necessarily. I know that I'm not good at that, but I can still be part of the culture in another way or something like that. And that's kind of what happened: is I just became friends with kids who were, you know, that's like I was already like, well, I love Sonic Youth and Dinosaur Jr., so I guess I'm just going to hang out with these kids anyway. (laughs) That's so awesome. So,
0: what I loved about um, you know being your friend in our in our 20s in Flagstaff in this sort of um, again, I when I was ready to leave, I was. Fucking ready to leave, yeah. but the time leading up to that, um, you know, there were a few years that were just so amazing and wonderful. And one of the wonderful things was knowing people like you and and Clove, living with people like you and Clove. Um, you know, where you um, you embody music. I'm wearing a Radiohead t-shirt right now um, yeah. because you are the person who introduced me to Radiohead. You're oh, the one who introduced. A massive attack. You're the one who introduced me to um you know Future Sounds of London and so yeah. much of my music repertoire, God, modest mouse, um <laughs> wow. comes from you actually. And so um how how did you how did you transition from listening to all these different genres of music to becoming a dj
1: oh okay um well i think like like i said i like you know well i didn't say this but one of the things that happened to pre-internet um was that i used to love to go to newsstands and i used to love to i really started refinding out that i could find more i find out more about culture And not just music culture, but I really wanted to know what was, like, happening, you know, in, like, in in Berlin, in London, in Tokyo. I was fascinated with youth culture, like, probably because maybe my brother was such a unicorn to me. You know, he was such, like, this, like, crazy, intensely creative weirdo who loved, like, this alt college rock, but also, you know... Like, he also, like, joined the Air Force and stuff. And I was just, like, what makes people do the things that they do? And I was just really interested in, like, all kinds. And, you know, and maybe because I moved a lot, I was like, oh, these people are much different. And that's kind of how it was in the 80s. Like, people who lived in California, they dressed and talked differently than people who, mm-hmm. like, lived in Arizona even. Like, even just what stayed away. It was, like, it, it yeah. really used to be a lot more, like, less homogenous. And so maybe that was what it was. but. I just started pouring over magazines and finding out, like, oh, well, there's this thing called techno happening. And then later on, it was like, well, there's this thing called, like, you know, drum and bass. And I went to my first rave in Albuquerque um, when I was, a, I believe, between my junior and senior year in high school. But I could be – I think that's when I, uh And um I, it's the first time I ever heard drum and bass, and that blew my mind. Um, and I just – you know, when I went to – started going to college, like – you know, we I met I, I immediately found my the raver kids who were also hanging out with like the skater kids and the hip hop kids. They were all kind of together, and, and the like, punk kids and the I punk mean, kids too. That, sure,
0: that was the beauty of Flagstaff was that the hippies, the punks, the skaters, the ravers, they were all intertwined somehow.
1: Somehow, I mean, yeah, even the hippies, I guess. Oh, yeah, sure, they were there too. Well, remember,
0: I was a hippie when I came to <laughs> to raving, so.
1: <laughs> um, there were yeah, some good I, ones. Yeah, yeah. Um I'm trying to remember now how it all went down, but like uh so that's really what happened and then I just kind of met up with people who were it, it just was it was what was happening. It was really the most exciting thing happening. And I do think there might have been some like pre millennial tension too, like to quote a tricky album. Um it was like ninety five and um there was a sense that maybe the end of the world was coming. Two thousand, you know? I I know that sounds really weird and hokey and kind of cheesy to say, but at least for me, I thought we should be listening to futuristic music and it seemed really lame to like listen to Hootie and the Blowfish, for example.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, You know, it's not until uh, like when it was happening, I hated Hootie and the Blowfish, but I'm going to tell you um, as a, you know, mid (laughs) forties person, when I hear, Oh um, no. Like that, that one song, like, I won't hold your hair and hold no. my hair. Um, yeah. I, I kind of go, oh, that was that time that I lived in the dorm and my roommate loved it, but I was listening to Cure and I thought she was whack. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I might listen to the whole song just because it puts me back into that space and time.
1: Well, I'll tell you this much. This is just a, a quick anecdote. I'll just, this is my hoodie anecdote. Um, <laughs> you <in> have a
0: hoodie <laughs> anecdote? Oh well, yeah, my God. It's, it's, it's,
1: <laughs> this is, this is, this is like an example of sometimes how I get things completely wrong, you know? Um, but, um, <laughs> I just remember hearing, um, no, it wasn't that song. Um, I forget the name of the song, but, uh, uh, Moody's forgettable. I, I, okay, unfortunately, I, aren't they? Song, I, I just remember this song. The song's called I, I think the song's called I Only Wanna Be With You.
0: Oh I'll, oh, wait, I was, I was thinking of the Kylie Minogue song. Or no
1: um, <laughs> Well, there's this line, there's this lyric where um uh fuck I can't even remember his name. God damn it, it sucks. I, I haven't thought that much about who in the blowfish, but the lead singer he uh he has this lyric um where he says, uh, I'm such a baby because the dolphins make me cry. And I remember, I remember, I I heard it on the radio. I was like getting ready for school, right? I think it was my senior year or something. And I go, oh well, you know, this song kind of sucks, but that's kind of cool. He's concerned about marine life like that, like uh, (laughs) you know, like like yeah, you know, we should really be concerned because, like, I love dolphins, shit, man. I mean, I really do love dolphins. They're incredible creatures on some would say they are uh you know they carry the bodies of sentient aliens we'll see you know i don't know well you know we don't know what's in the cards but uh yeah uh i i would i will try about the aliens are the dolphins too and then like that next day i was like home and i turned on mtv and that song came on and fucking it's the hootie and the blowfish guys like running down the football field and fucking uh dan marino the quarterback of the goddamn Miami Dolphins is like throwing oh, him a football pass, like throwing him a pass. Really? I and didn't I know like, that
0: was their video.
1: <laughs> yeah, so God. I was like, Oh, okay, the Miami Dolphins make you cry. Oh, okay, fuck this band. I was just like so let <laughs> down. Like I was like, All right, the guy loves the marine marine life. I like, thought I
0: could see depth and pop music, but here I am. Nope. <laughs> I just scored again. Going.
1: I was like, Yeah, he's not so bad. He likes, you know, like the whales and shit. I I had no idea that Uh, so yeah, uh, like, I just feel like I was really out of step with like what was happening around, around that time too. Like, you know, I was like, uh, I, that's the thing about getting involved in raves and stuff was like, you know, you know, that age like 17 and it's like, I don't know, you don't see things being like, only now do I look back and reflect like, oh, well this and this and this happened. But so now it's clear that like, sure. I was into like Fugazi and, you know, like Jane's addiction. And then I was into like, you know like whatever like cypress hill and i got really into like tropical quest and i got really into like far you know, yeah but also and also always being into the smiths always being in an order but then you know when like i was 18 i was like oh well dave matthews band i'm fucking out i was just like you know i was like blues traveler i'm fucking out like i just knew that i was out you know and so like when i got interested in electronica i guess to for lack of a better term. I I mean it just sounded like wow, possibilities and I was always open to that and and even when I was in a punk and stuff it sounded like well anyone can do it and I can do it and I think that again I feel like somehow that's that that message was louder to me than just I'm very angry or I'm I'm misunderstood. It was more like Oh, well, I can be included in this. Like, I, it's not just oh, wow. like, rich yeah. people or, or white people, or you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel like it took me a long time to figure out what I was really trying to say, but that's really what I was trying to say. Like, <laughs> like, like, like it wasn't Podcasts so are like, a
0: great place to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, like the politics of it are fine, but I feel like that was it, the inclusionary part, or like that I could be a part of it. That was, like, really what rang true to me. So, like, going to a huge warehouse and seeing a bunch of kids going off and having a great time, I mean, there was something kind of political about it because it was, like, it was completely underground. No one knew what they were up to. No one knew what we were doing. And, that and it was a-
0: anti-establishment
1: totally uh uh-huh. and it was like people were making it up too like not everyone sure a lot of people look like what you quote-unquote think of as like a quote-unquote raver sparkles and candy but there's plenty of people like creating all kinds of crazy costumes and outfits and shit and it was much very much like you know uh you were welcomed just to be as bizarre as you wanted to be i you know i loved that i loved going i went going to raves and seeing people djing and they'd be like in Homemade astronaut outfits. So I was like, "Fuck yeah!" I know it must be hot as fuck up there, but y'all are doing it, you know. So mm-hmm. I, that was just like a really, again, I I, I just really long loved the, half Punk. It just was like a very self-invented <laughs> time. You know, I feel like there, you know, now with the internet. Unfortunately, it's just so easy for everything to be like, oh well I saw it on Instagram and this is how you're supposed to do it and
0: you Oh know, my god. It's good and
1: bad both both things, but it um, is
0: it is so interesting how the internet has made everything. Um I, I had a guest on um Dr. Carlos in the um history um uh, border history with Dr. Carlos yeah. um a, a, a few episodes ago he was talking about how there's basically a lack of um, cultural diversity in in, in pop culture. Like there's not a historical... um, Place that you can define. There's not like a a cultural definition passed around 2005, 2006. When the start of the um, because think about it, right? Like we when we talk about the 1920s, we know what we're talking about. We know the style. We know the music. The 30s, the style, the music. The 40s, the style, the music. I mean, I'm talking about hair. I don't know about you, but I can watch movies and I can say, oh, I see, I see what Cary Grant's wearing. That's obviously that movie was made in you know. 1942 sure the 90s
1: Uh, girls had very thin eyebrows in the 90s
0: oh my gosh i still have friends that have really thin eyebrows and i'm like (laughs) boo boo it's been 30 years like you can color those in now like you know the embrace the embrace the brow but but what i'm saying though is that you know and yeah so you can say a cultural identity for the 90s and 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 maybe even a little bit of the 2000s but once you get past that think yeah. about it when was the last time you saw a major shift in fashion or what you see you see stuff being recir- recirculated and and people are like talking about the the middle part and the side part i'm like yeah guys we've been doing the switch of the parts for so long <laughs> so those of you that are stuck in one yeah. side of one part like i guess you forgot that we all went butt cut in this in the in the in the 90s and then again in the 2000s Look, all but anyway you-
1: all I'm telling oh, you right yeah, now is that, is that I am not switching back to fat pants. It's never going to happen for me.
0: What? Never oh, more. I already no. bought a pair, Ray. I, I, love, I, I love them. So. I I'm so happy. I'm so happy to not have fat pants well,
1: okay. <laughs> well, so the funny thing, too, is like, it's, like, it's like forever and ever, uh, at least for men and all men, they're all guilty. Except for me. I'm not guilty. I mean, I really am not. But cargo shorts just could not die. They would not die. And I feel like they finally died recently you know? Um, yeah, they,
0: they finally did. And you can tell someone's age by the fact by whether or not they wear cargo pants. So I find yeah. that people that are our age and older are still rocking the cargo still shorts. still doing it.
1: Yeah, you can't help it. You know, it's like, I actually
0: people- have a podcast friend that that, um, that that's like his tagline is like still rocking the cargo
1: shorts, you know, Gen
0: X and still rocking the cargo shorts. Well, but- I think
1: I think a lot of those people too. It's like they got it's like, it depends on who became a daddy. You know, if he became a dad, <laughs> you know, that kind of, it's like, it's like, I know that I probably look ridiculous to some of my dad friends in say like 2009 when I'm, you know, still rocking like a blazer with like, a strokes t-shirt I'm sure that looks really stupid you know and I'm I'm like that I will say that was maybe one fashion thing that like the early 2000s like I know that that kind of we a lot of us held on to that for a little while without really yeah I love but, my know? blazers
0: and t-shirts <laughs> style but hey because we're getting closer to the okay. end of the podcast yeah. I just want to um, I want to kind of scratch at the surface of that a little bit like you and I share um, a commonality and that is that we're both in our mid-40s Never married and never had kids. I'm almost. I'm
1: I'm 43 still. Right, 43.
0: You oh, you're still yeah. early. You're still a baby. I forgot. Yeah. So yeah. I should say we're we're in our <laughs> 40s. Okay. Um, and so, have you, as a man? um have you ever had any sort of like family pressure or you know is there a reason you've decided to be child free and and marriage free or is it just kind of what happened with your bohemian lifestyle like me well actually i was pretty actively not having kids (laughs) i have to admit
1: well it's not like okay um I guess to you know I I could go very deep on this. I'm not going to, but I will say this. I I you know I did definitely. I I it took me a while to really become an adult. It took me longer than usual, probably. But when I became like when I decided that I wanted to be an artist, when I wanted to paint, and I'm not blaming that on that. But when I decided that like I was going to be an artist, I just couldn't imagine. Like I I stopped thinking in terms of like oh, well, I need to go to grad school and become this or become that. Like, only now am I really thinking that just because I know, that like, there's a place for me in academics. But uh, I just thought to myself that, like, I, you know, I have, a, I had just, like, a really old school, old fashioned maybe view of, like, an artist has to kind of be by himself and, like, be able to go and do shit by his, on his own. I know that's really, I mean, not just him, her, and, you know, it wasn't a gender thing, but just, like, you know what I mean. I'm not just saying only men. All I'm saying right. is that all I'm saying it's is that it's the romantic I thought,
0: view of what the it, artist totally, was in your brain.
1: It's kind of a shitty, backwards, romantic. But it did prevent me from thinking. You know, I really need to put some roots down, and I should probably get like a sensible job. And I like, I just, I I was DJing and I was painting and I had two waiting jobs and I, you know, I sold paintings or I was DJing or I was, you know, getting a a banquet job or I was, you know, I was just doing things like that. Very much like, like, oh, I'll work at this hotel and then I'll like, uh, I'll help this guy like do landscaping. Like I just wanted, I, I felt more open, even though I wasn't actively always just doing art, I felt like, um. It was for me. You had the freedom
0: too.
1: Yeah, I liked the, having the option of it, and I just felt like I just kept seeing my friends who had that life, and I it never it was it wasn't appealing to me. I just really wasn't. But Same. I, Same. I also, It didn't but, resonate
0: with me at all.
1: I also just didn't find the person. Like I think that I was dating people who were just like me in a lot of ways. Who were like, "Oh, I don't, you yeah. know, I want to do whatever the fuck I want. Like, I, you know, like I want to sleep until two. I mean, sometimes that was problematic, you know. And I, I didn't realize that until much later that, like like well, somebody needs to be a little bit more taking like a leadership role here in this relationship.
0: <laughs> right. So you can't both this- be bohemians and yeah. have your life move forward with that, with any sort of, yeah. I don't know, speed. <laughs> again, I'm, again, I'm yeah. not trying to
1: blame anybody. I'm just like, that's how I'm kind of seeing it. Sure. Plenty, well,
0: I, I think it's good people for people. Right. But, but I think it's important for people to hear to people who have, who have kind of, Gone down this other path because they might not know anyone like us. And and you know, we are um, and I, I like to say this that I think that Gen X is the first generation that has been free to be child free.
1: Mm. Do you yeah. know what I mean?
0: Like it was kind of expected in baby boomers and before. But I think our generation was the first one that was kind of like, ah, I don't think I'm gonna have kids.
1: Yeah, I think it's just no one really sat down and talked to me about it. That's that's probably another major thing. Like I don't remember anyone being like, "Oh, listen, by the time you're 26, you should really be thinking about this." Like no one did. Like zero. Like maybe people gave up, or I don't know what it was, or (laughs) you know, maybe I was on a plane to Puerto Rico when that should have been happening. But I just always figured like. Oh, if I keep my options free, then I can go to New York City in a couple months, or I can go to Portland, or, and I and I did. That's exactly what I did too. You know, same, I was like, same. I was like, I'm gonna go to France. I'm gonna go to, uh, and and uh, I mean, sure, I have some regrets about, I, I, you know, I' like, but I don't really though, because I don't know, I don't know what I could have. Uh, the only thing I wish I would have done is like maybe I, like, I would love to own a house. You know, I don't have that yet, but. Um well,
0: you still have time because like you yeah. said, you're only 43. But thank you, <laughs> yeah. Ray, so okay. much for yeah. um sharing all of that with me. You sure. have a Friday night DJ oh, yeah. um gig on Twitch. And um just let let's let's take a, a minute or two to plug all the places okay. that our listeners can can find you, Ray.
1: Okay, sure. Okay. Well I have a night called Shadow Time. Um it's kind of based on again what we were talking about earlier, the fact that I'm a Old school like Joy Division, Susie Cure, Smith fan who also loves like um, everything from hip hop to minimal electronic music. Um, and I, you know, I kind of keep it a little bit on the minor key, but I try to keep it fun and moving. Um, and that's on Twitch TV slash Raymond Canteel um, And uh, and that's
0: I, every Friday night at eight p.m. Mountain time. Eight
1: p.m. Mountain time. That's right. And uh, it's really great. There's lots of people from all over the world who have been tuning in lately I've uh, it's been really rewarding Uh, I I try to change up my playlist about every week Um, and then uh, right now I'm still working on a new website but I am showing and selling art off of my Instagram you can find me my handle is at L Raymond. e-l-r-e-y-m-o-n go ahead follow me I might follow you Um, and um, we can Look at I have lots of things to look at there, lots of artwork, and I'm always making new work. Uh, and um, I try to keep busy and positive with that uh, artistic exchange. Um, thank you so much for listening to, to me on the podcast.
0: Oh, good. Well, you're not you're not done yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but um, I just want to tell the 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 audience that um, um, guys, I'm going to have links to all of that okay. in the show notes. Um, but now, Ray, we have entered the rapid fire oh, question oh. part of the podcast, okay. in which I'm going to ask oh, you yeah. a series of questions, and you're going to answer them as quickly as possible. Okay. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's do it.
0: Okay. Here we go. What's your favorite memory from childhood?
1: Uh, Going to Marine World Africa, USA, which was a uh, a, like a like a safari type park in Oakland, California, when I was seven years old, 1984.
0: Nice. What's your favorite 80s band or musician? Or can you even answer this?
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ.
0: Can you pick one? Well,
1: You know what? The truth is, I got to be just completely honest. I mean, I'm an old school U2 fan. And if it really wasn't for U2, I wouldn't even be a Cure fan or a... Georgia Division oh, fan, I feel event. the
0: same way. Yeah, they really
1: just opened it up for me. They opened up the gates, and then and can I, I just,
0: can I tell you something interesting? Yeah. When Gabe was on the podcast and um, for his episode um, Gen X Risk Takers, he also picked U2 as his wow. favorite band from the they're, 80s. They're How just cool is they're that? tremendous.
1: They just you know, tremendous. And I, they're tremendous. We got to see them both of us at the uh, in the 30 <gasps> year and, and anniversary. Six,
0: yeah, the 30 year anniversary of that U2 uh, of Joshua Tree.
1: We didn't get to hang out, but we were there. <laughs> we were there
0: we were there brother um yeah. what about your favorite 80s movie
1: okay um you know this kind of changes all the time but uh, again i got to get back down to the nitty-gritty i thought about this a lot you know i could say something cool or normal like i could say you know like oh it's fucking um you know like amadeus or something that, that's a that's top five for sure but really it's gotta go i gotta go with uh you know the one the only et
0: Oh wow! you do you realize you're the very first um person on the podcast to choose e t
1: It's just tremendous. again, it's everything what I want I, I feel like I want a movie where there's a little bit of mystery. you know, there's a little bit of of like horror in a way and mm-hmm. but then there's this magic and there's this playfulness and then in the end, there's just complete absolute empathy and understanding and there's a quiet acceptance of something that you don't understand yourself but you have love for that and and that thing can be art that thing can be music that thing can be drag racing but i think that love of the unknown and having empathy for that which you don't understand is a lesson that we can all learn from and okay that's... well this
0: is supposed to be a rapid sorry answer.
1: sorry oh, sorry go but, ahead. but
0: thank you thank you for that beautiful <laughs> et analogy i
1: thought about this a lot today i did i, really I can tell i
0: can tell um why did you go to college
1: oh uh well, I went to study poetry and I sucked at it because I didn't have enough life experience. So, um, But now I'm going to school for art, for art history.
0: Um, and finally, Ray, this is my favorite question to ask my guests. If you could give a bit of advice to anyone in any generation, oh. older, younger, or even the same generation, um, either to get through the good times or the bad times, what advice for life would you give them?
1: Um, okay, well, I think that the the when you have life pressing down on you and you don't know what to do and you don't know how to go forward and you've you know had a lot of life crisis or you've had friends die which are all things that have happened to me and i've often been like you know very very scared and afraid and nowhere to turn really put your hiking shoes on put your shoes on put, your, put a hoodie on and go walk it out put on some music that you like or a podcast i swear to god it sounds really simple are really dumb, I guess, in a way. But there's something out there that will wake up your brain and make you understand and make you feel like you're whole again. And I think walking around like a pond or maybe just an area of woods, I know a kind of hippy-dippy answer, but it, yesterday I did that. I went on a little hike on a place I'd never been before. And, man, I could feel my problems just, like, falling off my back. Um, they're still there but i feel like i can take it now and i think saying like being angry in a room or being angry um or upset or sad and you know just like at the bar or whatever it's not always a good place i think i think it's a a bar should be a place to celebrate at and sometimes and i've been there before you can easily drown your sorrows in a place like that but i think go for a good long walk a good hour walk swear to christ you'll come back feeling like a better person.
0: Man, isn't that the truth? Ray, thank you so, so much for being on the podcast today. I yeah. really appreciate it.
1: Sure. Thank you. It was really fun. I w- I hope to do it again. This is my first, well, the last, well, the other week was the first one, but this is my first real solo one, so thank you for offering that opportunity. I hope I can do some more this year.
0: Heck yeah, Ray! We'll ha- we'll definitely have you back. Okay, especially when your when your li- when your website goes live yeah, or whatever. Exactly. You are always welcome back, brother.
1: Word up, word up! That'd be cool, and then we can just kind of talk about all, you know like all kinds of other shit, like. Uh... I'd be really interested to hear more about your upbringing, to be honest. You know. all.
0: Thanks for listening. And if you think this is worth listening to, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. Be kind to each other, listen to each other, and let's stop being separated by our
1: differences. I don't want to be, you know,